Hey, Shalom. Welcome back. Shalom. Good to be back. Amen. Okay. Continue elucidating about our Mashiach. What's that? Just recap and say we're uh, covered in the blood, and that's what we're talking about. All right. Let's do it. So these continuing on with these patterns, the patterns of being redeemed in the blood. And they have uh, in Vayuka 14.25. He shall kill the lamb of the trespass offering. The Kohen shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and put it on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand and the big toe of his right foot. Mm. We have in Revelations... I told him, my Lord, you know, he said to me, these are those who came out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the lamb's blood. Revelations 12, 11, They overcame him because of the lamb's blood and because of the word of their testimony. They didn't love their life even to death. <laughs> so continue on like this idea of being redeemed in the blood and, um, Yochanan, who Mashiach says is, if you should accept it, is Eliyahu. The one right. who came away from Mashiach says, Behold the, the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. This is whose blood we're being redeemed by. And also, yeah. I think this is what Kepha means. And First Kepha one nineteen. Wow. Where he talks about Go through real quick. Where he talks about this, but the precious blood. Yeah, but with precious. Yeah, you want to go ahead and read it? Okay, it was the precious blood of the perfect, unblemished, unspotted lamb, the blood of Mashiach. Amen. And then it goes on saying, before that, it just says, knowing that you were redeemed, not with corruptible things. And before that, let's just give an uh, idea of who he's talking to. He says, Kepha, an apostle of Yeshua, the Mashiach, to the chosen ones who are living as strangers in the diaspora, in Pontius, Galatia, Capsia, Asia, and all these, all these ideas. So it's people in the diaspora, people who are surrounded by Greek culture, possibly even Gentiles who are converting. Right. Well, see, the thing about this, the thing about this is that out of all the letters that we all that most people commonly want to try to read and dissect this letter and Yaakov's letter, for that fact, literally say it's to the ones in the diaspora. Yes. All the other letters have specific people that they're writing to, which means there's already a backdrop that's already known. There's already a understanding of the language, understanding of the conversation. Right. So. But I like, I like that. Yeah, this is the whole, this is a general term. So we could look at this and read it and gain insight for where we are today, as opposed to maybe Paul's letters. Right. We require a lot more dissecting. A right, lot more like historical things and paralleling it with commentaries. And don't um, get us wrong, we can do it and we will, <laughs> you yeah. know, we will. Yeah, and go, he goes on to say, um, oh man, there's just so much 
You can just read the whole thing. Just go for it. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. You want to read the whole thing? I mean, we know that we're keying in on the verse about the the precious blood in verse 19. Okay, well, how about this? We'll start at verse 10, since we're reading the half Torah. Concerning, this is First uh, Kepha 1.10, concerning this salvation, this Yeshua, <clears throat> the prophets sought and searched <laughs> diligently. So it says the prophets sought and searched diligently. Oh, who wow. prophesied of the chen, of the grace that would come to you. Chaina. Right? Really? Really? Searching for who or what kind of time or what kind of time the spirit of Mashiach, which was in them, pointed to when he predicted the sufferings of Messiah and the glories that would follow them. Mm, so mm. he's like, he, he must have been reading Zechariah or something. Right. To them, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to you, did they minister these things. So they ministered, the prophets were ministering to us in the diaspora about Yeshua, which Man. now been announced to you through those who preach the good news, the Basura, to to you by Ruach HaKodesh, sent out from heaven, which things which things angels desire to look into. Wow. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, be sober, and set your hope fully on the chen, on the grace that will be brought to you by the revelation of Yeshua HaMashiach. As <laughs> children of obedience, aka following the Torah, yeah. not conform to yourselves according to your former lusts, as in your ignorance, kind of like Yehoshua's children being married to Gentile wives, i.e., the, the church, and wow. all that fall with me being anti Torah, anti God's law, anti Sabbath, anti circumcision, anti um, really anything. So, That's, you're saying all of that is called our lust and our lack of personal saving knowledge? Yeah, exactly. There's one cure for the Yetzirah. Right, our evil desire, and that is Torah. Amen. And so it goes on, but just as he who called you is holy, you yourselves shall also be holy in all your behavior. Right? Ooh. Like Hashem says, you are to me a holy nation, a nation of priests, right? And we were just talking about the function of the priest was to act as an intermediary to pray on behalf of. That's right. To connect the, the heavenly blessings to the earth. Uh, you shall be holy in your in all your behavior, because it is written, "You shall be holy, for I am holy." If you call on Him as Father, who, without respect of person, judges according to each man's work, pass the time of your living as strangers here in reverent fear, knowing that you were redeemed not through corruptible things with silver or gold, from the useless way of life handed down from your fathers. And I like to add. Like that will be idols, idolatry. Um, oh, because like, like the, the father, yes, they didn't. They didn't teach their children a shema. Go on. I was out because I was remembering um, there was this whole thing with uh, Aka, which is commonly known in English as lamentation, and the whole reason for the destruction of the temple. And the Babylonian exile was because the fathers never taught their sons the Shema. And so there's like this whole commentary on Echa where there is a person walking through the streets after everything has been destroyed in Jerusalem. 
And, you know, people are clinging on to their idols even after the destruction. And uh, there some kind of way it was saying that um, one of the children was saying, I wish I could quote the Shema, but my father never taught me. So looking at the things, the empty way of life handed down from our fathers you know, the generations who never taught their children Torah, which is also happening today, by the way, that's why there's so much assimilation. That's why so many people don't know true Torah is because we have an empty way of life that's been handed down to us. That's true. That's true. And what does the Shema focus on since you bring it up? Hashem Echad, His Torah. One, and and the Christian prevailing Christian doctrine and all of the Christian doctrines, even at um, Messianic synagogues, um, they believe in the Trinity. Yeah. Which we do not support. What is that? That's God the Father. That's God the Son. That's God the Holy Spirit. Haspe Shalom. There's not three gods. That's, that's idolatry. That's right. believing in multiple gods. That's the reverse of the Shema. They're not being taught the Shema. Right? Man. Right. Life down from their fathers. And if I may add, there's also a midrash about the giving of the Torah, and Hashem gave it to the nations. And to paraphrase, each one of the nations declined the offer because they asked what was in it. Just like the the one who the guy, the rich man who came to Yeshua and says, Which mitzvahs do I keep? Right. First of all, that's a heart problem. Second of all, their response was essentially they declined it because of their fathers wow received from our fathers this is this is our heritage Mm. right they're clinging to their their earthly fathers and not their their true source their true father who's in heaven and they continue on into idolatry and later in this generation you see it in the belief of the 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 trinity right and and this is corruptible things that were handed down to the fathers. If I could tag and agree on that. Um, the other thing about the Trinity, because I know it's such a, there's two sides of that story kind of where you can say, well, it's trying to understand something we can't understand. And I do get that. But the thing is, is because of this idea, because of this theology, if you have a Trinity, This is why the commandments of Yeshua would seem to be different from the commandments of Hashem. Mm -hmm. And that confusion of following the spirit, you know, I'm led by the spirit because if you develop that all out into what actually exists, not the pure concept of trying to understand Hashem being one, but what actually comes from the Trinitarian belief is that being led by the Spirit is different from walking in the way of your Father, Hashem, and it's also different from the commandments of Mashiach. So you have three different opinions of what command is. So you may say that the Trinity is the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and they're all one, but truly lived out, it's not. It's completely the opposite of a chad. The fruits of the labor, you'll know them by their fruits. 
That's right? right. And then also, I mean, if you really, I would say to those people who think that the spirit says something different than what the Torah says, I say, well, they should just listen to Kepha and Acts when he says, talks about God has given the spirit to those who obey him. That's right. right? Follow his Torah. Um, and so, you know, just yeah. say no to the Trinity. I mean, Hashem, Hashem can manifest himself and make himself known, but he's one. He's not these three God aspects to it. And that should be just dropped immediately. Um, so it come, comes down to saying, knowing that you were redeemed, right? And skipping the, the part we just talked about with the precious blood as of a lamb without spot, the blood of Messiah, knowing that you were redeemed in the blood of Messiah. This is a support, the supporting blood that's mentioned in the Midrash, Rabbah. This is the, the um, garment that, we, that Yehoshua places upon himself, right? That's a wow. The voice of your brother's blood calls out to me, right? So when we wrap ourselves in these garments, we're wrapping ourselves in the supporting blood of Mashiach, the redeeming blood of Messiah. Wow. How we are redeemed. Um, Amen. And we live it out every day because we wrap to feeling, we don zit zit, we wear a talit, we kiss the mezuzah. Which, by the way, when you kiss the mezuzah, it's like suiting up. You know, like to to really be super comic book cheesy. Like all the superheroes now seeming seemingly have these suits that just like completely appear on them. And literally what happens in the spirit world when you kiss a mezuzah is you literally get a suit of armor. <laughs> because, I, like I mean, if, what'd you got? I said I like that imagery. I was commenting. I had to be cheesy because that's that's what I know right now. I, I'm a, a dairy parv man, you know. But um, meat on Shabbat, um, more ways than one. Okay, because you know meat at shul, but it's a dairy shul. I, I don't know. That broke down real quickly. I was trying to get to my trying to get to my source in Tehillim two because the because uh, I know that that's like a a really uh, practical nerdy way to really break it down but uh there's this verse kiss the sun where is that at okay verse 12 so tehillim 2 verse 12 literally the word is uh nashku bar which means kiss the sun it also means to yearn for purity. And the footnote says, oh, I think this is the one that didn't have the footnote. But we were looking at um, this verse. Why is there no, there, there's not a footnote. Okay, but we were looking at this verse and it was basically saying that when you kiss the sun, you get like equipped with purity. You get equipped with robes of righteousness. You get equipped with spiritual armor. So just wanted to bring that out. Awesome.
And like, that's, that's kind of the pattern of this, right? Cause it says you put on these, you put on the garments. It says, so I've removed your iniquity and you will be clothed in festive robes. Then it goes on to put the diadem on his head, the crown and clothe them in garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by and the angel of the Lord forewarned Joshua saying, if you walk in my ways and you keep my charge, and you will also judge my house and also guard my courts. And I'll grant you to be from meeting going among those who stand by. And all of this relates to the commentators all relate this. The Torah says, if you walk in my maids means to perform the positive commandments. If you keep my charge means to keep not to transgress the negative commandments. or prohibitions of Torah. You will also judge my house means to sustain the priestly house of Aaron. And you will also guard my court means to properly guide the rest of the people. The people stand in relation to the priest as the courtyard of the Holy Temple stands in relation to the temple itself. Wow. And so this idea of being robed in this, and then it goes into keeping the commandments. And then it goes into talking about here now, O Yehoshua, the high priest, and your fellows sitting before you. For they are men of marvels. For behold, I'll bring my servant Samach. My servants bloom. And there's several commentaries on this. And we just compared like this whole process to like the death of Mashiach. Right. And after that, it says like Samach. I'll be my servant Samach. And we got to take a quick break because we're past 15 again. <laughs> All right. We'll be back All right. with a short message. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Continue on, Hasis. All right, you ready? Yep, sorry, I had a little technical difficulties. All right. <laughs> my my phone, phone decided to fly away with all this information. Good night. <laughs> all right. So we've elaborated on this process of, of Meship and Yosef, right? And now we're getting to the point where it says, I'll bring my servant Samach, right? We're getting yes. into the V, right? But Meshach ben David, the ruling king, that's prophesied next. I mean, commentary on this for I'm behold, but I mean my servant Samach. And it talks about this meaning sprout. And Targum Yonatan identifies the servant as being the Mashiach. I will establish for David the righteous Samach. Hashem is foretelling that in addition to the redemption that he is about to bring during the days of Zechariah, he'll bring yet another redemption during the days of Mashiach that will greatly overshadow the current partial redemption. So here we go again. You have the idea of the redemption comes in stages. Good night. <laughs> in B, the sages, Sanhedrin 98b, state that the Mashiach's name will be Menachem, whose numerical value is the same as the word Zemach, right? The C. So you mentioned this, the Menachem as one of the names of Mashiach, right? This is the right. C. This is David, right? And it says, so Menachem is the matri of what? Zemach. Oh, wow. Yeah. We pray. It says raise like the horn of David. Wow. But you mentioned in the, in the Sador. Okay. So, furthermore, the Mashiach will or appropriately be called Zamak, a sprout, will be an outgrowth of the Davidic dynasty, concealed at the present like the plant that is buried in the ground, but destined to sprout to full glory when its time arrives. 
Man. Another thing. <laughs> Seriously? A plant blooms only after the seed has rotted. And so will it be for Israel. After they reach the lowest level in the exile, then will the light of the Messianic king, the bloom, come forth. And so there's this idea that before Samach, before Mashiach and David can come, there has to be this seed that this idea of rotting, this idea of death, and this idea of the seed has to be concealed by being buried in the ground. So we just talk about the death Mashiach, like the blood that cries out that we're cloaked in. And this leads us to keep the mitzvahs. This leads us to be cloaked in the mitzvahs. This leads to our turn. His sacrifice helps us desire to perform the will of Hashem. Right? And now, it's a new process where he's actually Zamach, where he's buried after his death, buried to be able to rise again and come back as Mashiach ben David. Wow. I was just going to say, we are talking about Yochanan 12. 24 because some people might be going oh my gosh he's talking about that verse in the in the in the basura so it's yes would you like to go, to go to- <laughs> uh, i'm there already i can read oh, it for you okay well sorry didn't mean it's still thunder go ahead no thunder i'll leave that to the mighty hover but i will share this truth clip good call it says i tell you for certain that a grain of wheat that falls on the ground will never be more than one grain unless it dies. But if it dies, it will produce lots of wheat. Mm, wow. There you go. You just said that. And elsewhere it says the harvest is, is plenty, but the harvesters are few. <laughs> oh, right. Wow. We, it, it's just an honor to be part of the, the few harvesters alongside with you to, to bring in this grain. I mean, I agree, man. I just feel like we're just pulling Mashiach down. Like, come on, Hashem, please give us Mashiach. <laughs> come on, the water's fine. It will be. <laughs> well, it's continuing on to the remainder of chapter three, where it says, For behold, the stone that I set before Yehoshua upon one stone are seven eyes. Behold, I engrave its inscription, says the Lord of hosts. Now remove the iniquity of the land in one day. And it says, In that day, says the Lord of hosts, and I said, Every one of you will invite his fellow to come under his vine and under the fig tree. And so earlier, earlier we were talking about, you know, if Abraham heard that the Messiah was hidden in Sodom. He would have said something along the lines of what uh, Natanel said in John 1 46. Can anything good come from Nazareth? They would say, wow. can anything good come from Sodom? Just like <laughs> Natanel said, can anything good come from Nazareth? But what's interesting is Yeshua actually quotes this verse from Zechariah 3.10 to Natanel when he meets him. What? Yes. So, um, John Yochanan 146. This is where um, Philip goes and tell, tells him. Um, Philip found, this is in 45, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moshe in the law and the Torah 
and the prophets wrote, Yeshua of Nazareth, Ben Yosef. Oh my goodness. And Screenshot. <laughs> Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth? Right? Just like what I'm, I'm you know, just putting in my thing, but I believe that's what Abraham Avinu's disciple would have said if they found out that Mashiach was hidden in Sodom. Yep. Right? It says, Philip said, Come and see. Yeshua saw Nathanael coming to him and said about him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile, no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Yeshua answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathal answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Yeshua answered him, Because I told you I saw you underneath the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. He said to him, Most assuredly, I will tell you hereafter, you will see the heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Amen. And everyone under his fig tree is brought up here. What are you going to say? I was just going to tag and uh, say connect to Haftarah point when it says come and see. In the Haftarah, it's in uh, chapter four, says, What do you see? And it Mm. says, I see the lampstand of solid gold. With the olive trees. And guess what? Revelation says that in these seven lampstands is one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet. Wow. Revelations okay. 1, 10 and 12 through 15. So I wasn't wanna I wasn't gonna go here, but since you brought it up. <laughs> Since you brought it up, I'm going to go here. And it mentions, he mentions like the Son of Man, like angels will descend on the Son of Man, like ascending and descending. Right. What that, where, have we, where have we heard that before? Yaakov at Mount Moriah when he laid down like an Akidah. Uh. <laughs> I just made a rap. I like it. Wait, sing that again? That's it. Uh, Yaakov at Mount Moriah, where he laid down like like an Akida. What? <laughs> All right, well, when you make that in a song, remember this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> remember this. Remember the inspiration. No. <laughs> wow. Okay, so... Anyway, we, we, we've mentioned this stone before in the verses before, and a lot of the commentary says this stone in Zechariah was the, is the foundation stone. And, and Trussies, come on, man. Yes. So, Rashi and Pirkei Eliezer, um, it, it comments that it's comments that the like the 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 stone that that uh, Yaakov laid his head down, like when he before he saw had the vision of the ladder, like the ladder of Yaakov, ladder of Jacob, yep. that stone ended up sinking to the ground and became the foundation stone. 
Right. I knew you were going to do that. But and you go to Brashik Vayetze 2018, there's the phrase, the stone that he placed. The last letters, the last letters of this phrase, the stone that he placed, are Tav, Nun, Resh, and Mim. And if you rearrange that, that spells out Menorah. Oh, which is my. how menorah, you should make a menorah of pure gold, Shemot 2531. This is how it's first spelled. And this oh. is the first time the word menorah is used in the Torah. Oh, man. And so you have this menorah that's the foundation stone, right? That's, that's being brought out. And then, man. like you said, behold, what do you see? I, I, see, I see a menorah. A pure gold, right? I see the foundation stone. The menorah is the foundation stone. Mm -hmm. And the seven eyes are the seven lights. Oh, my word. And so this comes right around the point where it's talking about Samach and all the commentaries talk about the seed that has to be buried, like the stone that had to sink into the ground to become the foundation stone, right? And this stone, if you look at the last letters, it's menorah. And so it's like this menorah, this is like this tree of life, the Torah, a.k.a. Yeshua, Mashiach, had to be buried in order to support the entire world as the foundation stone, which brings us back to uh, Talmud Brachot, where it says, right, where like he supports the entire world. The entire world is supported by him. He is the foundation stone. He is the menorah. Okay, that was like more uncalled for than anything that you've said throughout this drush. Oh my yeah. goodness. Wow. And like, I don't even know what to call that. That, that right there is sourced violence at its finest. Absolutely beautiful. Ah. Man. Okay. But this is possibly why the menorah was by the two olive trees, right? Because the menorah is a tree of life. So, well, there's that. There's that. All right. Well, um, I, I would definitely know that we could do this for hours. And we have been doing this for hours. And I am not complaining because I literally <laughs> felt like we, we went up into the heavenlies, you know? Um, didn't know our suits could go that far, but they do. <laughs> so, uh, do what? Test run and they lasted. Yes. I mean, so, um, I'm going to go ahead and end this segment and we'll do one more segment and you can just kind of take the floor and, and just say any kind of little wrap-up points that you would like to share, and then we'll say the closing bracha, and we will index for this time. All right, sounds excellent. All right, so we'll be back with the finale right after these messages. All right, and welcome back. All right, good to be back. Baruch Hashem. You know, one of the things I said while we were on break is, Wow. Hallelujah, Hashem. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know, like, what have we talked about today? I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. So um, we have about 14 minutes and a little under 30 seconds. I'm going to give you the floor. And upon your concluding, I uh, will say the Braca. Well, I just like to point out, you know, like Yeshua says, like, have you not heard what's written about me in the in the Torah, the prophets, and the writings? Yes. And it's it's really an honor, and and we should be grateful when we search out these these concealed things within the Torah, like it says in Mishlei. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to, to reveal it or make it known. Amen. So rich. And like you said, we could keep, keep going with this, but I think it's a good stopping point. <clears throat> it's rich just like the pattern of Yeshua and his mission as uh, the sacrificial son, the one who is our intermediary, the one who, whose blood we are redeemed by, the one who is cloaked in our iniquity and and by doing that, he removes our sin. Amen. He becomes the foundation of the world. And it comes, it really comes down to um, the million dollar question is what, what are you cloaked in? What are these fine robes? And are you willing to be cloaked in those? Oh, fine robes are the, the blood of your brother who calls out to me, i.e. God, right? Yes. And we have to be cloaked in his sacrifice. We have to be cloaked so we can be redeemed by his blood. And it's through that that we get to the point in Zechariah 4 where we have to ask the question that Zechariah asked. He says, what, uh, the angel asked him, what do you see? And he says, a lampstand of pure gold. Mm. Right? We have to see the menorah for what it is. It's cast into the flames. There's pollution, there's filth all the way around it. But when it's cast into flames, it's pulled out, it's redeemed, and you see a lamp of pure gold. Yes. And once you notice that it's actually pure, what you get to see then, you get to see the two olive trees, and you get to ask the question, what are these, my Lord? And I would, I would comment, maybe the better question is, who are these, Ooh. my Lord? Ooh. And you realize that this is Mashiach and Yosef. This is Mashiach and David, mm. right? The one who who made a sacrifice to to die to atone for your sins. Who put on your garments when you were not worthy? Put on that filth so that he could redeem you in his blood. Yes, to be raised as he was raised. But before before we get all hyped up and it's coming, we have to accept the fact. That we're not worthy, and so we've merited a Messiah. Who That's right. Came down here as Chanina, riding on a donkey, poor, lowly, riding on a donkey to redeem us. Right before we get Samach, before we get this sprout, there has to be a seed that's planted in the ground, that's buried. That some people say it looks like it's it's rotting. Yeah. But really, that's what brings forth life. Amen. And so. Uh, I really enjoyed elucidating this half tour with you and I appreciate you having me on and I appreciate it just getting the chance to know more about our Mashiach and his mission and, and 
what that means for us. Amen. Well, as you started out with the new name of the Torah portion, Beha Alot Hamashiach, I got it now. <laughs> Halod, behold, yeah. Mashiach. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's been incredible. I've enjoyed every violent outburst and um, all the beautiful insights. Uh, I appreciate your diligence on gathering up all of these precious pearls. And I pray that all the listeners are transformed by it. I pray that we ourselves are transformed by it, that we don't miss out on the salvation that Hashem is speaking through our lips. So with that being said, before we get to the practice, before you get to the, uh, the prayer and closing prayer, I'm going to let you finish, but let's, uh, (laughs) I want to, with our tradition of getting a practical note for the, for our leaders or or viewers. And it comes back to you said, like, yes, you're, you're cloaked in the sacrifice Mashiach, but like you also said, a garment is the mitzvot. Yeah. And like we, we mentioned, the world is sustained on Yeshua. Mm. It's state from the Gemara, the, what's the secret that's, commoted, that's encoded in there. But the right. world is also sustained on Torah, prayer, and good deeds. And in truth, Mashiach is within that. When we labor in Torah, when we pray, when we do good deeds, we're actually putting on the, the garbs of Messiah. Oh, and, and so all the, all this stuff is good all this stuff is great elucidating it but for a practical matter like you said in the Sador Samach is in there it talks about Yeshua it talks about all these all these things and so if we want to redeem his image we've got to be diligent about prayer we have to be diligent about uh, Torah study and we cannot neglect we cannot neglect kindness because it says in First John that the law came through Moshe but kindness and truth came through Mashiach Yeshua. Why? Because he gave us the Torah and planted within our hearts to where we could give of that in a truthful manner by still adhering to the Torah. Amen. So with all of that, if you need to summarize it a little bit more, I was just thinking about the initial letters of those three pillars. It's Tav, which would be your tefillah, your prayer. Mm-hmm. Lamed, which would be your lamad, lamed Torah, your learning, your teaching of Torah. And then you got your gemel chasidut, your acts of kindness, your giving of goodness. And if you take the gemel and the lamed and the tav, you have the letters for Galut, which is oh. redemption. Or, well, we're, we got the uh, Galut, which would be the exile. But when you add in the Aleph, when you unify those things, which is what we we're talking about doing, it's Galut. Yeah. It's a uh, Geula. So wow. take your Galut and make it into a Geula. Yeah. So what do we know? What do we know? Redemption is hidden in the exile. That's <laughs> Based right. Based on what you just said. That's right. right. 
Okay. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God. You're the ruler of the universe, rock of all eternities, righteous in all generations, trustworthy God who says and does, who speaks and fulfills, all of whose words are true and righteous. Trustworthy are you, Adonai, our God, and trustworthy are your words. Not one of your words is turned back to its origin, unfulfilled. For you are God, our trustworthy and compassionate ruler. Blessed are you, Adonai, the God who is trustworthy in all God's words. Amen. Amen. Hasis, bless you and your whole household. May you have a Lala Tov and a Shavua Tov and a blessed Shabbat. Tada, tada, Ahi, and uh, thank you for having me on. May you be blessed as well. Tada, Rabbah. It's just been an honor being on and elucidating uh, scripture and, and Torah with you. Amen. Gam lecha. To the listeners, may you have a Shavua Tov and a blessed Shabbat as well. This is Shomer Man and Chasis for the Haftarah Get You Some, and we're out. Shalom. Shalom.